Hello, everybody, and welcome to Max Sports. This will be the last episode of the week. Not a ton of has been really happening across the NFL over the last couple days, but we do have combine interviews. And for those that do like the NFL draft combine, I have some discussions I would like to have about the quarterbacks, at least. Everybody loves the quarterbacks. They're the big star. They're the ones that everyone has their eyes on. And I kind of want to talk about how I think the NFL Combine workouts could go for some of the top prospects. We're talking about uh, Drake May, Caleb Williams, J.J. McCarthy, Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix. There are a ton of big names in this up-and-coming draft class, and I share my thoughts on who could potentially steal the show. Let's begin. So like every draft class, there are always the next up-and-coming rising quarterbacks every single year. This year, a lot of scouts have been saying that this is a very deep and talented draft class. Big names like Caleb Williams and Drake May are seen to be the prototypical desired prospect nowadays for NFL quarterbacks, while players like J.J. McCarthy seem to be absolute winners throughout their time in college, but might have more to prove at the NFL level. Or people like Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, and Michael Penix, all of them were transfer players who were able to revive their careers and turn themselves into elite prospects after finding a new home. How will the combine go for some of these teams, though? Remember, when it comes to the NFL draft combine. It's not just about the physicals. It's not just about your vertical and how far you can throw the ball. This is an opportunity for teams to meet with the prospects, get individual um, interviews with them, get to really know the person and the player. This is a great opportunity for teams to see what they think a player will be when it comes to an attitude. Will they be a leader? Are they more of one that just likes taking orders uh, out on the field? You know, there's a lot to take away when it comes to what you can get from the combine. I think there are certain things that each prospect should want to do while they are there. And we'll discuss that throughout the episode individually with each prospect. But I want to start with the top one, Caleb Williams. What would be the most important thing Caleb Williams could do to any team he does an interview with? Well, to start things off, I think it would be best for him to maybe look at how his character is viewed to the media to a lot of us we have seen caleb williams and a lot of people may not necessarily like him when it comes to his attitude at times whether it's fake reports which have come out to be fake where it was reported that he wanted ownership of whatever team he went to um i believe that there is some whether it's deserved or not reasons that caleb williams is not very well liked by some people. I think some people view him as egotistical or um, kind of just self-centered. And I think personally, it doesn't matter what you, I, anyone else thinks. It's the NFL guys. Yeah, I might say something. I might think, man, that was a little egotistical by him. Do I know Caleb Williams? No. Caleb Williams is on the other side of the damn country. I'm never going to run into Caleb Williams in my life. So I can't get upset and judge when I don't know him personally. But for the teams that are going to hand him several millions of dollars 
and hand them the keys to their team's offense, I think it would be important for them to figure it out. And all I could say is, no matter what team drafts him, I think you have to realize if they feel comfortable picking him number one overall, then it probably is a little blown out of proportion when it comes to his ego. We'll we'll never know. Maybe he flames out of the league because of it, or maybe he's just a very confident individual that can back it up on the field. We have yet to see that. But when it comes to the draft combine, I think that this is an important opportunity for Caleb Williams to really show NFL draft scouts what he is capable of. When it comes to other players across the NFL, I think some of the other quarterback prospects are interesting in different ways. To start things off, J.J. McCarthy. I think he's a guy who will wow people at the combine workouts. He's a guy that played at a prestigious university and won there. I I think he only ever lost one game he started, which is nuts. Nothing but winning coming out of Michigan, especially from J.J. McCarthy. Seems to be a stand-up guy, pretty clean record, no big issues there, no off-field issues. Just a talented kid. The only problem with J.J., to some critics, is that he didn't do much in Michigan's offense. He can wow you with throws. He is a skilled quarterback. He helped win a national championship. But he wasn't asked to do as much as some of the other top prospects we've seen. Jaden Daniels' Heisman run, he put up some amazing performances, throwing the ball all over the field and airing it out everywhere. Michael Penix and Bo Nix battled twice last season, throwing the ball all over the field, making crazy plays on their feet. And then you have J.J. McCarthy, a guy who didn't have as many touchdowns as any of these other top prospects. He's a great athlete, but he just wasn't asked to do much. Michigan had an elite run game, and their whole mindset was, ain't broke, don't fix it. We'll run the ball until they can prove to stop us, and if they can't stop us, we'll just run the ball the whole game. There's times where it felt like J.J. McCarthy only completed seven passes. And so while the physicals are there, I think he's a great athlete. You've seen him be able to move on the run, throw on the run. It felt like once a game when I watched Michigan last year, he would roll out to the right or left and look like there was nothing in sight, but he'd perfectly fit that ball on the sidelines. Even if it was just for a four or five yard gain, you thought the play was done and he was able to still hit a guy down the field for for a first down or to convert a first down. And that is going to be important. I think he'll be able to wow people with his physicals, his his intellect, and uh, his intangibles. If he is able to do that, I've seen J.J. McCarthy anywhere from like mid to late first round to second round pick. Maybe he can move himself up to a solid mid round, uh, mid uh, mid first round selection. Sorry about that. And um, I think he could be a very, very high riser with some of the other quarterbacks in this class, again, like Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr. McCarthy is a lot younger and he has gone through a lot less. And by that, I mean injuries. Let's talk about some of these older quarterbacks now. Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, Michael Penix. We talked about how they had more to show than what a prospect like McCarthy had, but these guys have been around for a long time time. Trust me, I remember seeing Jaden Daniels back in 2019 or 2020 playing at Arizona State, and he was a hyped prospect coming out of college then, but I I just didn't 
he was very young and very, very thin. And I, I just watched them play uh, Michigan State because I'm a, a diehard MSU fan, and I'm watching it. And even though they ended up winning the game, I was not impressed for a second fr- from anything Jaden Daniels did. It really wasn't until he went to LSU where he really evolved and became a much better player. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it's the end of the world. Hmm. Come to think of it, there's also another really good LSU quarterback that did something similar. Oh yeah, Joe Burrow. Except here's the funny thing about it. Jaden Daniels statistically had a better season than Joe Burrow. The only thing he missed out on was playing for a national championship. So Jaden Daniels has a similar path to Burrow, a little bit of an older quarterback, started at a different team, struggled there or didn't play at all, transferred to another school, became the starter there, and then exploded on their senior season. I think that this means that Jaden Daniels has shown a lot of growth. It's shown that he's okay to evolve his game. He's not stuck in ways, and I think he shows he's coachable. Whether that'll be seen by draft experts or uh, you know the coaches that are interviewing him is yet to be seen, but I really do like Jaden Daniels going into this draft class. When it comes to the two Pac-12 teams, or Pac-12 quarterbacks that are going to be in the top of this draft class, Bo Nix and Penix have similar journeys as to what Jaden Daniels went through. Bo Nix, as a true freshman, became an Auburn legend being able to beat Alabama and have a great run there. But after a couple years being the starter, it didn't really feel like they built anything off of it. And unfortunately, they kind of cast Bo Nix out of Auburn, his home place. He was like the hometown hero there. He ends up going to Oregon and plays two seasons ago, puts up decent numbers, but then last year really just explodes onto the scene. He had one of the best quarterback seasons out of all the college players this year and led Oregon to, I think, like a top five finish in, in when it comes to rankings in the, in the nation. Overall, they were a very, very solid team, and a lot of the credit goes to Bo Nix. I didn't think, similar to Jane Daniels, I didn't think I was ever going to see a guy like Bo Nix get drafted. I had seen him at Auburn. I had saw him early at Oregon. I kind of always had the label of really good college quarterback. Don't know if it would transition to the next level when it came to Knicks. However, he's found himself where he's probably going to be a first or second round quarterback, depending on the right fit. The big question for him is age. He's been around for a long time, and people wonder maybe if he will be a finished product or not. I kind of see him similar to the level of like what Hendon Hooker was as a prospect last year, despite uh, without the injury, of course. If you remember, Hendon Hooker was a big name quarterback at Tennessee two seasons ago. He was a, originally a Virginia Tech recruit, um, but then transferred to Tennessee and then lit up uh, the SEC with the Volunteers the last two seasons of his, his career there. He was a very, very good player. The big question, though, was, is he a finished product? And partially due to a torn ACL, but partially due to his age, Hendon Hooker fell all the way to the third round. He could have potentially been a first-round pick if he hadn't gotten hurt. So. That's similar to me when it comes to Bo Nix. I could see him probably being a second-round kind of guy when it comes to the quarterback position in the in the draft. But again, this will be a great opportunity for him to go to the Combine, be on the same competition level as every other player, and really show that he's the guy. 
And then finally, we have Michael Penix Jr., the quarterback that ended up uh, playing against the Michigan Wolverines in the national championship game. Now, I like Michael Penix Jr., but I do have two big concerns with them. First, it's the age, of course, similar to Bo Nix, older quarterback, has been in college for a long time, and is a transfer guy. Now, transfers aren't really the worst case scenario anymore. Think of the last quarterback that hasn't been a transfer anymore. Very rarely is that the case. Caleb Williams is a transfer. The only thing is he's going to the NFL ASAP. The only quarterbacks in this whole discussion room that I'm not talking about as transfers would be Drake May and J.J. McCarthy. And from what I've heard, both of them were offered at times NIL money to leave what school they were at. So, yes, you know, transfers are huge. I'm not going to put that as a problem. But again, when Michael Penix Jr. was at his original school of Indiana, it never really felt like, again, we were seeing a quarterback prospect at the professional level until he got to Washington. Now, I really like Penix Jr., but the age is a problem. You wonder if he is a fully finished product or if he's willing to get better at the game or evolve as as he learns. And the other big problem is his health. He's had a lot of problems with his knees. It felt like every year he was at Indiana. I'm a huge Big Ten football fan. It felt like every year he was in the Big Ten, something happened to a knee, something happened to an ankle, and he'd miss part of the season. Goes to Washington. You know, he's pretty much got two reconstructed ACLs. And he's 24. And so while he might have been one of the most polished passers, even better some, than some guys who would go ahead of him, personally, I believe that he had a better season than Drake May. I think he had a better season than J.J. McCarthy. The only problem with it is he is older and he's more injury prone. Do you want to invest a first-round pick into a guy that's already had two reconstructed ACLs? You know? At least you want to kick the tires on it before you buy it. You know, I wouldn't buy a used car if it if I hear a ticking noise and uh, I'm driving on two donuts. You know, and so you got to figure out from a physical standpoint: is he built for the NFL? Because this is a guy where I feel like it. I never want it to be the case. None of us ever want to. Let's be honest. Nobody ever wants that injury debate. We all know the biggest injury debates of all time. Like, what if RG3 didn't get hurt? What if Andrew Luck didn't get hurt? They're not fun topics. Nobody nobody has fun going, yeah, remember when injuries ruined that fun player we all liked watching? But it's something that has to be put into question. I talked about it yesterday on my episode. If you didn't hear it, check it out. I talked about the running back market. Do you want to hand Nick Chubb $15 million a year? His knee went backwards week two. He's a great running back, but do you really want to invest that much into a guy that I don't know if he'll even be able to make it through a whole season, you know? And so that's the big question when it comes forward. Do you want to build your franchise? And if you're a coach, you only get really one spin at doing the quarterback wheel. Very rarely does a coach just get three quarterbacks throughout their contract without being fired. And so if you're a coach who's getting your one opportunity, your one shot to be a head coach in this league, are you building your offense around Michael Penix, a guy who may or may not make it through a full season? That's what's going to have to be answered. And we might not know that answer from the results of the combine, but you really got to keep an eye on some of those things. And maybe those are things that they figure out with um, the medical testing that happens at the combine as well. We already heard that um, Kool-Aid McKinstry, the star corner from Bama, is actually going to be playing on an injury uh, with his foot 
He's getting surgery in May. So he's he's going to be injured draft night, and then he's going to get surgery done. You know, those are the kind of things that get brought up when it comes to the combine. And I think it shows that it is still a very valuable tool at the NFL level. While there are some things that are a little dated about it, I think it's a stressful situation for players, which is good. Anyone who's ever played a sport at some intermediate level knows that it's it's good when there's stress. That means you have the opportunity to separate yourselves from the rest. You know, you you know, the the cream of the crop rises when there's when there's more stress. You think Mahomes isn't stressed out when he's playing in a Super Bowl? Yeah, he is. They might not admit it, but everyone's stressed then. So you get a stressful situation and you get to see who's the best out of it, which is really, really important. We're going to wrap up the episode here today. I appreciate everyone who's been listening throughout the offseason. I know we're only doing three episodes a week. I wish I had more content to do with you guys, but I don't want to waste your time in content that I don't think you would like. And personally for me, if I don't feel like there's something that's worth sharing, I'm not going to make an episode for you. So I'm still trying to keep the three episodes a week, and we're trying to do it based on when there's new news coming out. We had one yesterday instead of Wednesday. Had a little bit more stuff to talk about when it came to free agent running backs. But again, it's going to be a little bit of a drought until we get closer to draft day. That's what we got coming up. Free agency, draft day. So we have a little bit of time. Again, baseball it's not ready yet. I'd love to do some baseball talk about opening day. I'm so excited to watch my Tigers. It would be, honestly, it'd be kind of fun to get to a game this year. Um, Again, basketball, we're still just kind of in the middle of the season where it's not too important yet when it comes to playoff positioning. And same with hockey. So we're just kind of in this weird funk of nothingness right now. And the NFL, we got the combine, but that's not really moving the needle. Trust me, I know what topics move the needle. I can see it in my analytics, so. I still appreciate everyone who's putting a listen out there, uh, supporting the show. You mean the world to me. I will see you all next week. Take care, everybody.